Thank you for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You are listening to episode number 235. And as we all get set for a, uh, a fun summer of activity, which was sorely missing last year, uh, what better way to do that than to uh, inform you about one of the best entertainment venues in this part of the state, well, in the entire state. Uh, it's a fantastic venue. It's called the Elks Theater. It is actually two entities, and that's what you'll hear about today. The Elks Theater is the main, uh, the main beautiful, large uh, opera house. And then attached to that is the Performing Arts Center, where the entire community can take advantage of of the rehearsal spaces and the meeting rooms and the recording studio and everything that the Elks Theater and Performing Arts Center has to offer to this community. And I tell you that that what they offer is huge. So my guests today, Stephen Karstein and Liz Rogers, they are the team that head up the marketing and programming division of the Elks Theater and Performing Arts Center. Um, Sit back and listen. They're going to talk about uh, how they go about booking the way that the uh, the foundation that runs the theater and the Performing Arts Center contribute to the community, and most importantly, how you, as patrons of the arts, as fans of music, as fans of live performance as well as movies, can support the theater as well by attending and uh and donating and uh, and and just telling people about this theater. And one way you can do that is by visiting their website, prescottelkstheater.org. There are links there for their social media, their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds as well. Very active on social media. That's where you're going to find the most up-to-date information. Uh, because it is exciting that they are back and open and uh, and booking shows after a long uh, long hiatus that uh, that many of us uh, were anxious to have them come back for. So we will sit down and talk with Stephen Karstein and Liz Rogers. Uh, now, Liz, uh, incidentally, she's been on this show a few times in the past. She is a a member of the Mile High Comedy Theater. Uh, while very similar in name to this podcast, no affiliation, but of course, great supporters of this podcast, as we are of the Mile High Comedy Theater. It's an improv and comedy troupe here in Prescott, based out of Prescott, and Liz is a member. She's been on this show before to talk about upcoming shows and things, including the show that I got a chance to take part of uh, in October of 2019, uh, right there at the Elks. So for me uh, to have the privilege of performing on that historic stage was, was such a treat. Uh, so look for, look for ways to support the artists that perform there and the theater itself. So enjoy my conversation with Stephen Karstein and Liz Rogers. Oh, and also visit milehighshow.com. Uh, and use that Amazon link. It's a great way to support this show by uh, doing the online shopping you're going to be doing anyway. You just click the Amazon link on our homepage. It takes you right to your Amazon login account. There's no extra cost, no extra hassle. Just click that link, shop away, and then at the end of the month, Amazon gives us a little taste for uh, for being the outlet that got you there. So 
Enjoy uh, this show. Enjoy Stephen Karstein and Liz Rogers, and then contact them through PrescottElksTheater.org and find out how you can enjoy all the entertainment that they have in store for you, for us, for the entire state. And, uh, and, and go see a show. Go see a movie. you got Wally coming up, uh, Tommy Boy, Rebecca, uh, Junior Bonner was just on last. So there's all kinds of stuff coming up. And that's just the, the movie nights uh, and then the live music and the uh, events in those rehearsal spaces and in those meeting rooms. A full schedule of activity is coming. PrescottElksTheater.org is where you can find out that information. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Liz and Stephen. And thanks for tuning in. Let's introduce who you two are okay. and where we're sitting. Well, I'm Liz Rogers. I'm the Assistant Marketing and Program Director for the Elks Performing Arts Center, and we are currently sitting in the Sundance Room, which is one of our venues on the third floor of the Elks Performing Arts Center, and I'm sitting with Stephen Karstein. And I am the... What am I? I You're am, my boss. I'm your boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am actually the marketing and program manager for the Elks Performing Arts Center and the theater as well. Um, nice. And we are here, here on the third floor, and this is one of our venues that we have up here. So let's run through, because ev everyone knows the Elks, and I'm not just talking about the Prescott folks. I'm talking about people that listen from all over the place. This is a, a an historic building, and a historic. Is a it historic an? A historic? Well, actually, it's two buildings. Technically speaking, there is a theater. No, I, I, was, was, I was just part. trying to figure okay. out whether it's A or an. Oh, okay. I can never figure those out. I just do it both and let Microsoft tell me what I'm doing wrong. There you go. Uh, famous, infamous. How do you want to tour, How do you want to present it? But everybody knows the Elks because it is such a beautiful segment of our community and the state as a whole. How long have you been involved with the Elks, Steve? I've been involved with the Elks since the Performing Arts Center opened in 2016. I was brought in to help organize and manage it. Um, it is, we are two separate buildings. Okay. It is important that everybody kind of understands because like you said, everybody un knows uh, the theater. I, I think we all know it. I don't think any of us understand it. And I'm talking about even performers who perform here on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. So give us the... I always like to say, dumb it down so I understand it, because I figure if I can understand it, pretty much everybody else can you as well. You want me to talk real <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the entities that make up the Elks, the difference from the performing center that, I mean, people can come in and rent or reserve these mm -hmm. rooms, and then, of course, mm -hmm. we have the jewel of the theater. Right. So talk a little bit about how those are different. I'll, I'll talk about the theater and then I'll let Liz talk about the Performing Arts Center. So the theater was uh, actually second. This building that we're in, uh, the Performing Arts Center, was the original Oaks Lodge. At the same time, they decided, well, why not build a theater? Uh, and that was back in, just after the turn of the century, 1900. Um, nice. So uh, they built the theater. Uh, it is one of the few remaining uh, classic opera houses uh, built by the Elks in the country. Uh, I think there's only two or three left. Oh, wow. Um, most have been 
raised and yeah. turned into other things at this point. Um, it is a beautiful building. It is a classic opera house. Seats about 500 people. Um, a beautiful velvet curtain. Um, elks all over the place. Um, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful place. There isn't a bad seat in the entire exactly. edifice. It, I mean, no matter where you are, acoustics are fantastic. As a matter of fact, um, the foundation that owns us, um, the Andator Foundation, uh, just installed, just before we closed for COVID, mm -hmm. a brand new sound system into the theater, updating it from uh, an older model and went digital. Uh, nice. New soundboard, new speaker systems, just really fantastic. And uh, so it, it, it really has brought the venue into the forefront now of, of a place to go and listen to music as well. Yeah. I, I've been in this building in some of these smaller rooms, the rehearsal spaces for various events. I think this room specifically, this is the Sundown, you said? This is the Sundance room. Sundance, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Uh, Arizona Wards, AZ Wordsmiths were doing a, mm -hmm. a monthly reading here of, of short stories, poetry, and things of that nature. Yes that I attended a few times, it was fantastic. Right. Again, to be able to walk into this historic building and and participate in, in various things. So it's open to the community to, to actually put on different things, rehearsal mm -hmm. spaces. Mm -hmm. The Mile High Comedy Theater was doing some, some uh, not only performance here, but also working out and doing their classes and things. Still are. Still, Still are. are. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's a good segue. So I'll yeah. let Liz move into the Performing Arts Center. Oh, great. Um, as you mentioned, Mile High Comedy Theater, we rehearse here um, on Sundays. We use one of the dance studios. On the second floor, we have two beautiful dance studios that are available really reasonably rates. Um, floor to, to ceiling mirrors. Mm -hmm. We've got one with a floating hickory floor, which is great for every type of dance with the exception of tap. And... We have a, the other suite has a floating Marley floor, which is great for ballet. Educate me. What is, oh, don't ask me to do that. What's a Marley floor? A Marley floor is a, actually it's a vinyl floor. It's installed. Okay. Uh, it is one of the few installed vinyl floors for ballet. It's a classical dance gotcha. floor. Okay. Um, basically, the, the thing that makes a Marley floor different is it's a vinyl surface with layers of padding underneath so that when the dancers, ballet dancers, contemporary dancers, where you wouldn't necessarily be wearing heavier shoes, gotcha. um, it, it has bounce and give. So um, protecting the knees protecting and the things knees of that and nature. And things of that, that nature. So it is, and like I said, it is one of the, if not the only installed Marley floor in the Quad City area. Again, kind of demonstrating the foundation, the, the organization supporting of the arts to yes. make it welcoming to a bunch of different places. That, that is our main reason for themes. being here. The, Very nice. The foundation that owns the building, the theater, and uh, the, the Performing Arts Center, the, the existence of it is to uh, support the performing arts in the Quad City area, to engage the community in training, to engage the community in the practice and the education of the performing arts. So we, we talked uh, just a moment or two about this before before we hit record here on the mics. Uh, I, I dabble in live performance, and it, with, in conjunction with the Mile High Comedy Theater, no relation to the Mile High podcast, but we, we love 
supporting each other on those. Just coincidentally, <laughs> yes. coincidentally, we we have similar names. Uh, I had the opportunity to be part of a show in the fall of 2019 before the world ended, yeah. and to be able to, as a customer, as a as a as a patron, to walk into this building. It, it takes your breath away when you walk into that lobby, and then and we'll get into this a little bit. The uh, am I using the right term? The docents that that docents. work the at the shows mm-hmm. in the theater, yes, in complete uh, period dress. Yes, you walk into this whether it be for a movie that you just recently started this past week, and we'll talk about that, or a live music show, or a spoken word show, which was kind of what I participated in. But as a customer, as a, as a patron, you walk in and it literally takes your breath away because of the beauty of this building. Mm-hmm. And then if that wasn't enough, the community can actually come in here and be part of the performances by utilizing the rooms and, yes. and things of that nature. So for a, a budding performer like myself to be able to walk onto that stage, it was... Uh, it was pretty intimidating that night. I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that. It was very, it took a moment to take that in, and I wanted to make sure that I appreciated that that night. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was stunning to be on that stage with the lights on, looking out over a pretty packed house. We that sold night. over 400 tickets, so it was it, pretty darn close to full. It was fantastic. And here we, as Quad City residents, have the opportunity to do that, whether it's to come see a movie or to take part in a presentation or to visit these classrooms, these rehearsal spaces and, and take part in whether it be a dance or a reading or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not the case. When you talk about the iconic theaters in a lot of communities, it's reserved for the touring pros or no. or whoever comes through and i've done you know photographed some shows at some of the some of the older theaters uh in in you know the, in flagstaff and down in phoenix and stuff and your only option is to be there as a as a spectator right and that's not the case here no that's not at all. one of the things that i absolutely love about this organization is on any given day you could have dancers singers comedians, acoustic bands, Mm -hmm. a drag show. We've got a drag show scheduled in October. (laughs) Uh, There could be a birthday party. There could be a wedding. Mm -hmm. There could be, uh, we've got a comedy workshop coming up in a couple of weeks. So there's such a variety and there is nobody telling us how to define art. So that's that's what I love. That's huge. That's I mean, huge. As we speak in the other hall on the other mm-hmm. side of this building, there is a master class for contemporary da- dance going on, right? And it's been going on for the last few hours. Yeah. Just to illustrate the point that Liz just made. Now, nobody is dictating how you define art, mm-hmm. but you have had some things dictated to you this past 18 months, 17 months. I'd like to talk about that a little bit because you said you there was kind of a resurgence of of utilizing this this space over the last several years. Yes. And it became very evident that the community as a whole, the state as a whole was supporting what was going on in here because the the shows that were put on, the movie nights and things were very well attended. Again, this is a a jewel of not just the courthouse square and and the downtown area, but it is a jewel of the state. Yes. 
and then early 2000. Walk us through how, how that impacted the operation of the theater, how it impacted how you deal with the public, and uh, just kind of walk us through wow. some of the things that were going through when you got, because I know what it was like through my secular job, meeting with some of the local municipalities and, and the libraries and the rec centers as we were all switching gears and figuring, what were some of the steps that, that you and the foundation, Stephen, were going through to, to not just protect yourselves and protect your staff and your volunteers, but to, to help in protecting the community right. as a whole. Right. Well, in the very beginning, uh, it, we were kind of making it up as we went along. Yeah. Um, we tried... You and the rest of the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we tried uh, opening and closing, mm -hmm. you know, depending upon which way the wind was blowing, uh, what, was, what we were hearing, and each time we would... We would close down for a little while, you know, reschedule, reopen, and then the goalposts moved again mm -hmm. on us. And so we closed again, and then we would try a reopening. And finally, the board of directors just said, enough. Yeah. Um, let, you know, it, it's too difficult. There's too much going on. And just they just shut down everything. Too much uncertainty. Too much uncertainty in, in, in what was happening out there. So we all, we all got together and uh, basically canceled all the shows. Uh, all the dance instructors, music instructors, everybody on, in the Performing Arts Center, they uh, were instructed, told that we were going to be shutting down for the foreseeable future and that they would have to cancel all their classes as well as all the shows that were already scheduled, uh, of which there were a great, great yes. many. Um, we not only in the theater itself proper, all, all of the musical acts and the mm -hmm. local theater and everything else, but the, the dance, uh, the music upstairs here on the third floor in, in the Crystal Hall, uh, the regular uh, jazz concerts, mm -hmm. uh, the comedy shows, everything else that went on up here was all canceled. Yeah. Um, and, and, and tie into that a little bit, for, for the main theater. How how far in advance typically are you booking those? Where we book a year or more in advance, at, at least a year, at least a year, and yeah. reaching out farther, I'm sure, for yes. some of the some so, of the larger touring acts and yes, things like that, yes. the tribute shows. Absolutely, absolutely, they have to because yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're at least a year out, and sometimes more, like you said, because they're rating their they're yeah. creating their routes. They need to know where they're going to be. If they're going to be in Flag, are they going to come here down yeah. to Phoenix and then out to uh, New Mexico? Uh, so they're just creating their route, and they can't wait until May for an October show. Yeah. You know, was, so what a monkey wrench that was thrown in as not just, obviously, the Elks and Arizona, mm -hmm. but some of these nationally touring spots uh, – or multi-state touring acts now are dealing with cancellations, postponements in New Mexico, in Phoenix, in mm -hmm. Southern Cal, Nevada, wherever, right. and trying to figure out, okay, do we still have a venue in Prescott? Do we still have a venue in Flag or wherever it happens yeah. to go? Yes, and a lot of interruptions occurred because while in the very beginning we were still trying to do things, yeah other venues were shutting down. So the leg that was in Nevada disappeared on them. And so there in Oregon, they had no longer have a way to get from place yeah. to place. It's just, do they want to go from Oregon now to Arizona? To here. And yeah. it becomes a financial challenge for them. And, and then like, 
like everything else we as a as a country we're dealing with 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 mm-hmm. covid you know the 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 issues in a phoenix and in an la and a san francisco are far different than the right. issues in a yabapai county whereas we do get uh, you know we we do get a a large influx of of tourism to Prescott, or we hope to anyway, as we, we you know, the, the local chambers and the local municipalities are trying to generate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even quite a bit different here than it would be in Flagstaff with the, the proximity to the Grand Canyon and the college and things. So yes. making decisions really had to be done on a local level that mm-hmm. we are seeing a lot with, with Arizona specifically. Yes. So what were some of the... What were some of the... the Interest the, the the issues that you guys were weighing when it came to staff and volunteers because there there you know what it, it, it's a joy to come in and see uh, the docents see the volunteers but for the most part they are uh, how do we say this night they're they're more experienced individuals that are volunteering <laughs> they're <older>. which <laughs> which is a, a higher yeah. risk group yes that we were seeing is. so I, what were some of the things that came into play of, there? of my age and older <laughs> and mine uh, yes uh, I, I will admit that um, but it was it, obviously there were a great many concerns for not only the staff and the docents, uh, which incidentally, most of them make those costumes themselves. Man. Uh, so the, the period dress from the turn of the century into the 1920s and 30s, yeah. they actually do all that on their own, nice. which is kind of amazing when you think about it. Uh, they're very, very special and dedicated people. Um, but it was, you know, not, but we had to consider, you know, the general public as well. Uh huh what was in the best interest for them um, because we didn't want to appear to be cavalier Mm -hmm. about anything, but we wanted to try to do the right thing as well. And, you know, it, it, as, as the docents slowly pulled away, you know, we had to re re readdress what it was we were going to be capable of doing. Uh, with that many volunteers, which and, and they're thirty or forty different yeah. volunteers, individuals that that help us out. So, and we've mentioned the support that not just the community but also the municipalities mm-hmm. and the different service organizations and things uh, have for for the Elks. Right. Um, but we have vastly different um, trains of thought especially over this past year with uh with the arts community the performing community as well as a very uh traditional and conservative uh makeup and the political feeling of prescott specifically mm-hmm. were you getting any and i don't want to put you guys on the spot but were you getting any pushback to stay open or to open was there was there much of a dialogue of that because I, I know and I'll, I'll put this out one of my jobs is I'm the mm-hmm. uh, public information officer the PIO for the town of Chino okay. and for the Chino school district so as we were following guidelines as a, as a municipality and as a school district from the board of education or from the governor's, governor's office we were just mirroring what right what we were being told we got quite a bit of pushback of why are you doing this we should be open and not necessarily from the powers that be, but from the general public, we were getting because people were unsure. They were, right. they were scared. They didn't know what was going on. We were getting conflicting information at times. 
so as a municipality and as a school district, the powers that be opted to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to, you know, I generated, I don't know how many hundreds of emails politely explaining why we were doing things right. in, in response to being questioned why we were closing facilities, why we were postponing meetings, why we were doing this. Did you, did you have to deal with that much at all through Not, the theater? There was disappointment, certainly, yeah. uh, both in the organization and from the general public. Uh, but for the most part, everybody was very understanding. And, very nice. And realized that this was just a necessary evil of the situation yeah. as we moved through it. Uh, and ho- everybody kept their fingers crossed that it yeah. wouldn't last very long and that in a couple of months uh, everything would have passed and everything would be fine. I don't think anybody expected it to be a year and a half. How uh, long did you go dark? Uh, it was March of 2020 to, well, the theater just opened last, last week. This, yeah. this week. This week. This week. This, this Wednesday. Week. It uh, is, what, what are we, I didn't, It's I Friday. Know, what's the date? Today is uh, the 9th. The 9th. The 9th of July. So was it the 6th? The, uh, the yeah. yeah, was the yeah. first well, event. We, we, 7th. We've kind Seven. of, we've yeah. kind of covered the, the dark days mm-hmm. of 20. Let, let's, let's shift gears. Okay. So you guys open, oh, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, I was going to say, I think people still have opinions. Yeah. We, we were very excited. The first movie night, which was on the 7th, was a showing of Junior Bonner, Prescott Classic, and... We got great response from almost everybody. Yeah. And then there's somebody who just says, oh, wow, that's really crowded in there. Yeah. So we're of the school of thought. Do what makes you comfortable. Yeah. If you're comfortable being in the situation, please come out, join us. If you're not, we understand yeah. that, too. We'll be here when you're ready. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. That's all up to you. Manage your own comfort level. But I think people's opinions are going to be strong and vocal for quite some time. I, I don't know that that will ever go away uh, because, you know, don't want to shift gears too far, but, you know, from the information that we've all been exposed to in the last year and a half, uh, this will probably be something that we're dealing with for years, many years to come with as different variants and different different issues and uh, you know, wh- when does putting other people first and thinking about your neighbor, when did that become a political issue? I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, let's not shift gears too much. So let, let's go to the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And it looks like we, we are there. We are. So explain a little bit about the movie nights in general, because it's a very unique and I didn't want to say business model. No, there's. It's a <laughs> very not unique use the term business model. It's for a our very unique <laughs> opportunity for the public to have a blast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you get to go to a 115 year old theater to watch a movie. Uh, we ask for no specific price for admission. It's a cash donation of any amount. So you can take the whole family out for a nice evening of fun and not break the bank. There is concessions available, of course. You can't watch a movie without popcorn. I think (laughs) it's a crime. But there's also beer and wine available, as well as soft drinks. They're not going to be the same movies that you see out in the theater, of course. But Which, in my opinion, is even better. When you can come into a classic venue and see a classic movie. There's nothing better than that. You don't want to see the, the latest superhero blockbuster 
in a velvet encased theater. <laughs> it's not. This is Might not fit. This is uh, gr- growing up. We had, uh, and, and I've been. We were talking about social media. Mm-hmm. I'm still in some some local forums and some local neighborhood groups from the the, the area I grew up in. In the uh, which is the same as I San Francisco so East we, Bay, Hayward, California. San Lorenzo, which is a little community between where I grew up in Oakland, California, had several old theaters that my parents used to go to in the 30s. And one of them was still open as a classic movie house, the Lorenzo Theater. Mm -hmm. And in the last 20 years has went into disrepair and they're revitalizing it and they're rebuilding it for that purpose again. And that's where we would go see Gone with the Wind, we would go see the Maltese Falcon in this big, mm-hmm. a similar layout to the Elks, but a big classic movie house. Uh, the uh, Stanford Theater in Palo Alto, right near the near the campus, was another place where you could go in and they would put out, we'd get on their mailing list, and this was days before internet, and we'd get that calendar every month, and we'd circle which bogey films we were going to go see. They would run a, a kitty matinee on Saturday, and it was a couple of dollars you'd go in, and they would run cartoons and mm-hmm. Abbott and Costello and things, you know, till five at night. And it was just something about walking into one of those theaters. And then Junior Bonner, which was your, your our first, one. first one, explain a little bit about if people don't know and nobody here, nobody in Prescott they all know, but anybody listening outside the area, what's the connection with Junior Bonner to not just the Elks, but to Prescott in general? Well, the story itself, the movie was made 49 years ago, and the story already. is already... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the story is a, so we say, a, a rodeo cowboy that's maybe a little long in the tooth, yeah. who is still trying to make it, but he comes home for the Independence Day festivities in his hometown of Prescott, Arizona. So many familiar scenes, mm-hmm. not just in the local venues, in the local restaurants, the palace, yep. but just the, the the scenery in and around the area, and of course the rodeo grounds and the, the parade. parade scenes. Yeah, all of that. So, what a perfect choice for opening day again. Mm-hmm. So, what was again stressing what Liz, what you said a few moments ago, that the encouragement for people to work within their comfort level. Mm-hmm. What was the crowd like? Uh, we sold, we had about 450 patrons Great. in a 500 seat theater. So that's pretty, pretty good for an opening very night. Very nice. Um, and it was very well received. There was a speaker who did a little bit of the history mm-hmm. on the movie and we are ready to keep going. So our next one is on Wednesday, the 14th. And what do we, what, what do we have? That what would are be some wild the- hogs. Wild Hogs. Which stars Tim Allen, John Travolta. Travolta. Is Robin mm-hmm. Williams in that one? Not Robin Williams. No? William Macy and uh, okay. Martin Lawrence. Gotcha. Okay. The, 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 the guys go out on a, on a motorcycle weekend, if I remember correctly. Right. And run into a uh, New Mexico-based biker gang. Gotcha. And How- hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is what you would call a, a uh, more recent classic. 
Uh, not a first run. But you, you, you what, what kind of thought goes into the choice of the movies that, that come in? We're looking for broad appeal, obviously. Not everybody's going to like the same kinds mm-hmm. of movies. So we've got some lined up um, coming up. We're be, we'll be showing Grown Ups and then Grown Ups 2, so that's even more recent. Uh-huh. The last Sunday of every month, we do a classic. So this, okay. the last Sunday in July will be Rebecca. Nice. Um, and then uh, that's about as far out as I recall. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're about a month out right now. But they're, they're trying to mix it up. Some classics, some neoclassics, some relatively new yeah. movies. Just Non-first uh, run. Yeah. yeah. Like Liz said, just, just, just to engage the community so there's always something new and different. Yeah. While, while, again, and I hate to keep stressing this, while, while the, of course, the movies are, are the lure, the, the real the real special thing about here is coming into the theater. Yeah. You know, right. oh, and there's a movie on as well is mm-hmm. kind of the thinking. Mm-hmm. And to see some of those classics on those Sundays, that's fantastic. Right. Well, the movies, like I said, that's a great place to start for the theater. The Performing Arts Center, our venue on the third floor, is we've gone live there as well. We had our first concert. We had Acoustic Idol on here on July 2nd for two nice. sold-out shows. We've got um, a lot coming up with a combination of a comedy workshop and show. We've got a comedy dinner in August. Mm -hmm. We've got some concerts coming up. We've partnered with uh, uh, Tom Agostino and the Mm -hmm. Folk Sessions uh, for a series of eight concerts starting in September. That'll go into next year. That will be on the third Thursday of every month. Third Thursdays. Tom is a good example of where I was going to go with the the performing arts center or, and and the theater as well mm-hmm. of not only highlighting like tom does on the folk sessions not only highlighting some of the nationally and sometimes internationally touring acts but mixing in the extreme extremely talented local talent that we have mm-hmm. here as well so who are some of the um talk a little bit about that the 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 mix of of performers that we'll be able to see here because you mentioned the the workshop that you guys are doing mm-hmm. is that all locally based is that gonna have We're, some the mile visitors? high comedy theater is actually presenting the workshop it's not a mile high theater mile okay. high comedy theater production we're bringing in a couple of actually internationally known improv leaders that right. have run improv groups out of california um one of whom uh, chris sherland has traveled in the last few years thailand and oh, teaches wow. his craft all over and that's open to the public for, for workshops and kind of getting in touch with your thinking on the feet <laughs> capabilities. One of the best things about the third floor venue of the Performing Arts Center is that it is an intimate experience. Yes. The, the sold out shows that I mentioned, that was, we sold 85 tickets. That was yeah. all we were going to sell. And it, what a great experience to be that close to a band that you, yeah. to touch the music and be right part of the show. I love the theater. I love performing in the theater, and I love going to the theater. But it's a theater. It's, there's a stage. You're further away. When you're up on the third floor at the Performing Arts Center, you're part of it. Yeah, you're in it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and for improv, that's, like, perfect. Absolutely. That is absolutely perfect. And we're, we partnered with 4AM Productions to do uh, – they'll be doing their turnabout ball here in October. So that's another – great experience that you're not going to find just anywhere yeah. else. Turnabout Ball, um, it's a drag mm-hmm. show where 
you get to see somebody and then while other people are performing, they get into complete drag and then yeah. come back out and perform again. So it's sort of like a dancing with the stars with drag queens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that's scheduled for October. We've got... Well, we have, uh, we are in discussion with uh, a group for comedy shows. Mm -hmm. uh, we have also, we are also reaching out, as you mentioned, Matt, uh, to some of the local bands mm -hmm. in the area. Uh, we have reached out to a very precocious young group of uh, a trio <laughs> of sisters uh, that we just opened a conversation with. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, bluegrass, uh, uh, they play. Um, also, we have a number of uh, jazz bands around that we have reached out with and we're in the process of them nice. using the facility to practice, get themselves up to speed and once they're ready we'll, we'll put on a show in, in the main hall. Oh, and actually right after this I've got a meeting with a, one of a duo that plays a lot of oh, yeah. things locally and nice. setting that up too. So it's, it's a great venue for, for local musicians who also have had to take off a yeah. year and a half, yeah. and it's mm -hmm. so nice to see everything opening back up again and seeing, I know as many people who live here hate it, but seeing the crowds back on yeah. the weekends yeah. and right. seeing the venues, seeing the, the patios with the live music mm -hmm. and seeing it all come back. O over the course of my way too many years on this planet, I, again, in the San Francisco Bay Area, a hotbed for not just local music, but but mm -hmm. international music as well. I did some work with Bill Graham Presents mm -hmm. way back when, and you know Oakland Coliseum shows and and Been Candlestick Park shows, <laughs> and and then the small little bar venues, you know, where you can you know twenty five people is shoulder to shoulder. Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of live music, a lot over the years, and photographed a lot of it. When I moved out here from California in 2004, uh, somebody suggested, well, you, you've been down to, I, I was living in Paulden. I went, I went from a 150,000 population small town to 3,900 in Paulden. It was pretty <laughs> culture shock. But somebody mentioned, well, you've been down to Whiskey Row, right? And I'm like, I, I had no idea what they were talking about. So I strolled on over, and I remember when it was. It was on a Thursday night, and I strolled down. Uh, and parked and started hearing music from the sidewalk. And I walked into three different venues that night and heard what would have been a ticketed show anywhere in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And one of them was an open mic that was fairly new at the time. It was either late 04, early 05. It's Don Cheek's open mic mm -hmm. at the Birdcage. Mm -hmm. And I was completely blown away because of the level of talent in this area. And then I want to say 2017, it might have been 18, 17, I don't know. My brain doesn't work. I have seen, I saw here at the main theater one of the best, I, I would put this up within the top five best live performances I have ever seen in my life. And that was when Wes Williams took over this theater one night. Mm. And it was the, one of the best concerts I had ever seen from a local band and I'm talking stadium shows and everything in between this building was magic that night and it's still locked in my brain as one of the best live music events I've ever seen and that's not even the best show that's ever been at the Elks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys completely each and every time 
reinvent what is good. And I, uh, how much of that is the talent and how much is it the magic of this building? I'd say it's probably even. About maybe, even. <laughs> maybe the talent gets a little more. Color. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think it, I think I think you're right that it is it, it is a magical place. It, it is a magical place to yeah. come and see a show and to to Liz's point, you know, coming up here and being six feet yeah. from the talent literally and yeah. being able to do a meet and greet with them where you're not in a great big theater and there's you're not being managed by yeah, anybody it's exactly. just you out there and you're public and you're this close to each other you know pressing flesh and then again for this this portion of the building this room specifically and i'm going to blow it again in the sun sundance sundance why do i want to say sundown you're tired i'm, I'm an idiot maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh I've been to spoken word performances, mm-hmm. participated and viewed at coffee shops, at bars, at bookstores. And they're fun. They're, they're a lot of fun. They're really fun to participate in. But when I came into this room on three or four different occasions for that AZ Wordsmith mm-hmm. reading night and got to participate in that, the difference between, and no, no slight to any of the places around here, but the difference between doing that in the Elks mm-hmm. as opposed to at the Raven or at Peregrine mm-hmm. or, or any other venue, again, it's just something else. It's like, what did you do last night? You know, somebody asked you, what you know, did you do last night? Well, I didn't go to a reading. I said, I was at the Elks for a reading mm-hmm. because of this building. It's... it's it's such a joy to walk in, and it's such a joy to perform in yep. that uh, it's, it's fantastic. I love those venues that you mentioned. Yeah, I, and I've, they're great. I've done the, yeah, the yeah. open mic at the Raven. and But the thing that's different, first of all, the, the building itself is designed for this at this point. Not originally, but it is yeah. now. With the walls that have this great acoustic material, we've got the sound system built into every room. Up here on the third floor, you can actually have it set so you could hear, if we switched over right now, the dance group could hear what we are saying. Yeah. We, could, we could put their music on in here. Um, and it's, because we're a nonprofit organization, this, these facilities are available to the public for personal use as well, we, for wedding. We did a wedding last weekend on July 4th weekend, and it was wonderful. Talk a little bit about that, because there are, there's such a lively arts and performance scene in this area. I know a few folks who utilize these rooms for rehearsal space mm-hmm. and everything. How, how does one go about that? Say somebody wants to either uh, rehearse for an upcoming performance or work out new material musically or, or whatever, performance-wise, with new partners or a new group? What, what's the process? How does somebody... Starts does with an somebody, email. Okay. Best way to reach us is info at etpac.org. We'll take it from there. There are so many options here. One of the coolest things that we've done recently was actually right before I started here, but I th- still think it's, it's absolutely amazing. We have a music studio on mm-hmm. the second floor, so they brought in an entire band. Each component was in a separate soundproof room, <laughs> mic'd into the soundboard so that they could play. And our uh, partner, Sky, Sky Audio, 
yeah. um, was working the soundboard mm-hmm. for them. So, I mean, it was a professional recording yeah. studio right there downstairs. And everything is soundproof, which we've tested recently because we had somebody in there and I could see them from where I was sitting in the office. I could make eye contact till I shut the door because I felt he was probably feeling a little <laughs> self-conscious, but I couldn't hear a thing he was doing. Yeah. So there's all these little things that are tucked away. I, I've been coming to the Alps for years and I didn't know that that was there, yeah. that the capabilities were there. Yeah. So uh, voiceovers, uh, you know, acoustics, uh, bands, um, readings, all of that is available here. And we have uh, Justin Ames, who is our engineer, um, and he is uh, extremely talented, and he handles all the board work, the recording, the mixing, all of that. uh, And it is a, a huge asset and, and certainly an underutilized one uh, that the community, we would love to have the community come yeah. in and you make more use of. Um, We've got a few music teachers that come in and mm-hmm. give their lessons here mm-hmm. because it's a perfect setup yeah. for that. And again, because we are a nonprofit organization dedicated to working with the arts in the community, the rates are very Easy to yeah. deal cheap. with. And, and cheap. A- anybody, I didn't want to say cheap. cheap. Cheap sounds cheap. Well, cheap. anybody out there <laughs> cheap, cheap, who, cheap. who has gone into a recording studio knows mm-hmm. what, even in a small market, what a, grow, what, what a going rate would be. Mm-hmm. So inf- what, give the email again. Info at etpac or etpac.org. So Elks Theater Performing Arts Center, etpac. Email them with your needs with your request and you will find that uh that it is significantly lower than what you would find for a commercial commercially ran recording studio so yes spoken word audiobook yes musicians yes. whatever poetry with just the last musician that came in and what he needed just a space to, mm-hmm. to to do some stuff and i said great we can take any time here's the rate and then he called me back and he, and he added a zero <laughs> To the end of the rate, thinking that's what I said. Yeah. And I said, nope. He's like, really? Yeah. That's it. I, I came in for a, uh, we, re, we filmed a video down the hall uh, several months, a few months back. And uh, with, with one of the groups that, that re, utilizes the space as a rehearsal spot. And it came out fantastic. And we just happened to get it as the sun was going down through the windows. It worked nice. out perfectly. Nice. Liz, you've mentioned what, you know, since you've been here. So mm-hmm. how, how long have you been? When did, when did you come aboard? About five weeks ago, I think. Ah, fairly so, new. Very new. So what are some of the, what, what are you involved with? What are your duties here? Well, as we mentioned before we went live, as soon as we're done with this, we're going to go clean the bathrooms. So everything. So pretty much everything. Yep. Theater management is very glorious. Don't, yeah. don't be fooled. Yep. Um, it's, 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 it's all show. What, what? And give up show business? I won't get into the rest of that joke. It's not fit for a family microphone. It was actually funny because one, one of our regular uh, people that, that hosts shows up here, he came in and he saw me. He's like, wait a minute, you're working here now? And I said, yep. And, he, and I said, don't I look like it? Because I had just come out of the men's room with a mop. He's <laughs> like, you're managing? I'm like, yeah, come on. <laughs> um, but in addition to cleaning the bathrooms and other things, uh, so far I've helped coordinate a few instructors with getting some classes placed some uh, and their marketing efforts. I've assisted in setting up for the wedding that we just did. Um, 
will be hosting a school formal dance in November, their winter dance. So oh, we nice. took care of that. Um, really every aspect of the community. Every aspect. And like That's I said, right after this, I'm meeting with uh, one of two singers of a local band and very nice. trying to set that up and see what we can do for them. And yes. Well, is there anything else you guys want to hit that you want to get the word out? Yeah, I'd like to uh, just just to talk for a minute about Please. what it is we actually do here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> beyond beyond the things that yeah. happen here, the purpose of our existence is to support the community for the performing arts. And there is an endowment uh, from the parent. Um, what, what do we call them? The parent, parent organization. organization. Yeah, um, that takes care of a lot of issues that mm -hmm. you would normally have to. But in order to do our outreach programs, our music buying, uh, music instrument buying programs, mm -hmm. our, our scholarship programs, support students uh, who need to go or want to go to specialized schools where we provide tuition uh, for things like that. We need the public to come and support us and come to our shows, go to the theater, come to the third floor, rent from us for their parties, events, and business meetings, because all of that money outside mm -hmm. the proceeds is turned around and funneled back into the community gotcha. for those programs that I just mentioned. And without the community support, we don't have anything. So for the last year and a half, we've been fallow. Yeah. And, you know, there's been nothing coming in, literally nothing coming in, enough to support the, you know, the, the foundation supports the building, but the outreach really needs some help at this point. Gotcha. And that's where we're, and it was outstanding to see the movie theater full, yeah. al almost full to the brim, and those, those customers coming in. And a lot of them don't realize that that donation that they give to us really, really, really does go back right outside these windows. Exactly. Yeah. Now, again, for those movie nights, those movie events, mm -hmm. there is no admission cost. It is no. a donation. Donation. Whatever you can do, but there, mm -hmm. I want to stress this, there is no top limit. No. Oh, they no. can give as much <laughs> as they like. Absolutely. And being a nonprofit, if somebody had something uh, more substantial mm -hmm. than that, uh, they would be able to take advantage of whatever tax benefits and things that come with right. that. Again, right. how can folks reach out? What's Info at etpac.org. Okay. Yep. Now, I used to do something because pretty much everything that I do, like, like today, Usually I'm not late like I was today, but it's all on location, all mm -hmm. in person. I tried some Zoom and phone things. I'm not a, not a fan of that. I like to be in person. So we were a little bit on hiatus. We've done a few since things have started coming back. But one of the things that I was doing to close out shows for a little bit before the world ended was a quick question. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I, I was thinking I, I want to re- uh, reinstitute that and w there's no better place since we were talking about movies and we're in a theater let's do it now Stephen this is the question that's going to be for both of you it's just going to kind of close let me, out let me get ready here no no it's, it's fun <laughs> do I need a drum roll they're making we'll add one in post okay <laughs> they're making your life story okay it is but what, what's that thing that, that based on a true story it's, it's not a documentary <laughs> based on a true story First off, who plays you? Who plays me? 
Who's going to play you in the ver- film version of you? Well, if, if, if he was younger, I would say Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. And, um, oh, yeah, maybe hey, if I get older, hey, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> hey, if, hey, if we're making this up, we also have a time machine. Yeah. Of course. So, okay, so Clint Eastwood's in the mm-hmm. starring role. Now, you can also choose, since it's just based on a true story, mm-hmm. is it a period piece? Is it current? Oh, it's live action for sure. Live action. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> What's the genre? What What are we doing? Is this um, spy versus spy? Spy versus spy. So, so the KGB somehow has infiltrated the Elks. Yes. What yes. kind of soundtrack? Oh wow! Um, 80s pop. 80s pop. All 80s right. Pop. So kind of that tightrope Clint Eastwood. Kind of that kind. Is there of a thing. love interest in the in the film? Oh, for sure. All right. Oh, okay. for sure. There's got to be. You know. ah. yeah. Liz, same question. Who plays you? Well, I do, of course. You do that. <laughs> How? What? Yeah, I'm an actress. All right. What kind of genre? What? What's the? What's the basis of this movie? Hmm. Hero film. Superhero? No, no. No? Understated hero. Gotcha. Gotcha. Every girl hero. Is it a period piece or is it modern day? Modern, definitely. You don't want to mess with the costumes and... No, I'm no, good. You're, you're good for Yeah, a... you think back to some of the fashions over the years. <laughs> I don't want to revisit some of that stuff. All right, who does the soundtrack? Or is that also done by you? No, I don't sing. <laughs> well, I do sing, but very, very badly. So nobody wants me to sing. Um, original score. Original score. Yeah. Got anybody local that you want to you wanna lay down the tracks for that? I do, but he's not playing anything yet, but he's working no. on it. Okay. Well, we shall wait and see. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> And Liz Rogers. That's right. Have a, yeah. It's my do, big break. We do a double feature on a Sunday. <laughs> we could. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for working with my uh, my lateness. Not and a we look at all. We look forward to uh, lots of great evenings, lots of great afternoons here at the Elks Theater. Well, I, I think you'll have a lot of good things to talk about as we get ramped up good again yeah. uh, to rejoin the community and good deal. bring everybody in to uh, have some music and theater and, and dance and just an all-around good time. As that calendar gets filled up, reach out. We'll do some interviews with some of the, uh, some of the shows. We'll, we'll make it happen. Show. All right. Well, thank you. Appreciate it.